welcome back to Madness in the Method, the podcast where we talk about Nicolas Cage and all the movies he has made. Uh, and he's made a lot of movies, so uh, we're, we're, we're chugging along here. Uh, my name is Tobias, and with me as always is my friend and trusted co-host Christopher. Hello everyone. Hello. And in today's episode we are talking about uh, The Weatherman from 2006? Five. It's five here. Yes. Um. Directed by um. Uh. Oh shit. What's his name? Gore. Gore, Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski. Right in the middle of his super mega uh, uh, ultra million dollar budget trilogy of pirates movies, he decided mm. to make a small little movie about a sad man <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah. Which was it's, it's a tr- strange choice. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, uh, yeah. Spoilers for the rest of the discussion. I mean, it was a good choice, in my opinion. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you hadn't seen this before. I had seen like I think I'd seen like the beginning on video back when it was new. I think some friend of mine had it, and I just put it on. Um, but I yeah, I'd never seen the whole thing. And what did you? What do you think it would be? What do you expect? I. Well, we talked about this before. I, yeah. for some reason, um, mixed up this and uh, the Family Man. Yeah. Which, and then when I saw the Family Man, uh, I was like, "Oh, that was a completely different thing." But now, having seen both of them, there are similarities. Where, but one is, but they're very different. But there are similarities. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I can say because of the names and how he looks and everything, and I can see why I made the mistake. But did you did you went into this movie? Suspecting like a feel good movie or a action movie or I suspected it to be um yeah a f- uh like a movie that becomes a feel good movie. Well, I guess that's mm. what a feel good is. Like everything's no. sad, but then everybody gets happy in the end. Yeah, uh, something like that. And uh, I don't know. Maybe some because it's Gorbinski. I was thinking maybe he'll do some some you know unnecessary like. Weird shots or CGI stuff, but no, nothing like that. So, yeah. That was what I thought, at least. Yeah, and and uh, as you said, you you enjoyed it after all. Um, oh yeah, I liked it, it. it wasn't what you expected. Not really, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I hadn't seen this movie. I barely heard of it. Uh, I've seen the poster uh, with where he, where it's not the the, the poster on IMDb. There's a poster where he has like the the quiver on his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think no. it's like a DVD or VHS. Uh, cover or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen that one, and just based on that, I had this, not knowing anything about the movie, not really looking anything up, I just thought it was some kind of uh, closer to City of Angels. Like, okay. like sort of like the, the, the Amor in, uh, Arrow, some, something fantasy-ish like oh, okay. that. That's what I was thinking. Um, you hadn't even read the uh, the premise. No, no, no. It was just oh, okay. the poster. That's everything I went by. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, uh, that's not what it was at all. <laughs> no, that's not what it is at all. Yeah. This is this is very very down to earth. Very as I call it, hyper realistic. Yeah. Um. So uh, and I. Uh, this is one of those movies that I <laughs> I don't regret. I saw it. But I won't really recommend it. 
because it's not in my it's not what I like in movies. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's too it's just too much of like um f- feel bad exploitation. I don't know. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I I know what I I was going to mention I was going to say that yeah, it's it's almost almost but not really bordering on misery porn. Yeah, yeah, misery porn. That's the, that's the Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not what I'm into. Yeah. I mean, but like misery porn is like you know movies where you know it's it's you know everything is horrible. There's there's drugs and there's depression and suicide. Mm. This is more of a like like a like a casual misery misery <laughs> porn because no, no one's really that fucked up. But there's like it's really it's really depressing. Yeah, that's sort and of it makes doesn't it really it doesn't worse. really pick it up in the end. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, and, and that just makes it worse where it's just everything is just meandering along and everything is just slightly terrible not super terrible just slightly terrible it's, and, yeah yeah and it's just oh Which, and it, what, it, hmm? no go, go ahead go yeah. ahead go and there's, there's something of we talked about this in previous episode i don't remember where but this just how they film it and how the music or the score is and it's just the way the movie looks and how it's sort of lingering on Shots and it's just it just fe- you just feel bad, man. It's yeah. <laughs> there's like you could just come on, man. Just cut cut something else. That no, no, we have to no, stay no. in this this terrible situation. We're just you're gonna feel few, it all. Just like twenty seconds too long. So you're just uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's I guess that's good filmmaking, but it's not it's not what I'm into. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> It made me feel bad. It made me feel things. I don't wanna. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, and then like the movie goes on, and it's at the end. It's like, yeah, I mean, could be worse. At the yeah. end, it's and that that's almost what makes it worse uh, than like those really depressing movies. Uh, because at least in those movies, you can like. You can when a when a critics roll like that was really heavy like like uh, like Requiem for a Dream that's yeah. real misery porn yeah um but at least you can like say like whew, I'm glad I'm not in th- those people's situation um you know the poverty and uh, in, uh, insane asylums and having your yeah. arm amputated but this the, the weatherman is about like a regular guy who's like he's got a good job he's got a family and still. He is like inexplicably sad, and everything just nothing works. <laughs> yeah, and it's like oh. this. It's 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 a literally me movie, but in a bad way. It's like oh no, it could happen to anyone. <laughs> yeah, the depression isn't just that you're you're no sad. It's it just hits anyone. You could be on the top of the world, and all of a sudden you just want to end it all. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> So yeah, so the movie's about for people who haven't seen it. Spoilers, yeah, yeah, I guess uh, is. I, I feel like we're we're sort of at the time now when it's time to start saying spoiler warning. We've done it for a while, but yeah, n- now we're getting close closer in. It's not that old movies anymore. <laughs> what I'm no, um, but yeah, so it's about this guy who he's a weatherman, like a literal weatherman yeah. at a news station. Uh, and he's, as he he self proclaims this, he does a, barely any work, and he makes quite a lot of money. Not like super 
much, but he's comfortable. Oh yeah, he he he's not hard up for money any anytime soon, and yeah. he works. What do you say, like? What is it, like six hours a week or something? Yeah, something like that. So like, two, no, two hours a day or something like that. So. Yeah, and so his his working life is pretty pretty okay. Uh, it's just it's it's the problem there is sort of we have a lot of these lingering shots where he just stands around and nobody really talks to him and nobody's really because he doesn't he doesn't. He doesn't work there full time, so he never gets any connection to anyone. He just comes yeah. in, does his job, and leaves. So between breaks, he's just there around. Yeah, he because no nobody has even like has the time to get to know him because he just disappears every day. Yeah. Oh. Uh. So so yeah, and then he's divorced, I think, or I, I don't know if they're in the middle of divorce. Or... Yeah, it feels like they're like separated or something. Yeah. Um. And and he has two kids with his ex-wife, and the ex-wife and his relationship is pretty strained. Uh, it's, it's not a good relationship. And then his his kids are just in like trouble. Uh, no no super no like drugs and things, but it's like things happen. Yeah. Well, I think the son he was in like some sort of. Rehab center. Oh yeah, or for smoke. Yeah, for smoking weed though. So uh, <laughs> I mean, just, well, yeah. they say. I think Nicholas Cage say that to the wife sometimes. It, it's weed. It's yeah. Like, right. uh, and and then he has this father who is a, a great Pulitzer Prize winning author who is like a, friends with presidents and being this super great guy. Yeah. Uh, and just being having everything put together and everything just works. And and he's just he's just trying to, to work. Just yeah. Like his character is just he just tries to be a good person, but he just he just fails, and it's just misunderstandings, and it just doesn't work ever. I I love how he how he explains or describes their relationship. Like it wasn't I mean, when he talks about his dad, because mm. he does a voiceover thing, which you know I I didn't mind it too much, but I, I'm not a fan of voiceover in movies. Uh, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, when when he first when we first meet him, was like it's not like he was a bad dad. In fact, he was a pretty good father to to me and my my siblings or whatever. It's just that like, so, so it's not even that he has like a strained relationship or he has daddy issues or mommy issues. No, he had a he had a fine upbringing. You know, his his father was nice, his mother was nice. It's just that as he grew up, he kind of drifted. They drifted apart. Because he tried to live up to these imaginary standards that his father, or that he thought his father had for him. But not really. I mean, he's not super supportive of him being a weatherman. Because it's kind of like, 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 you know, it's, it's, it is a, it is a shit job. Like, you get paid for doing nothing. It's not very, like, it's, I don't want to say dishonorable. It sounds too heavy, but yeah, dishonorable. I don't know the word. Yeah, it it sounds like that from the father. That it's the problem isn't that he's a weatherman. The problem is that he doesn't work. Sort of. Yeah. That like, he, you you need to you need to do something. I don't yeah, care no. what whatever, but just something. Yeah. And then the whole thing where he he tried then of course to go the same route as his dad, and he tried writing a book. For four years, he tried to write some sort of thriller with a sci-fi twist or whatever it was. Um, and uh, I guess I'm jumping ahead, but like his dad have hasn't even read it because 
he knows it's not gonna be good. Yeah. And he doesn't. He doesn't want to tell his son it's not good. Yeah. And that's the thing with the father is from. Well, what is Nicolas Cage's character's name? Um, David Spritz. David Spritz. Uh, He's, like, from his point of view, everything that his father says is just, like, um... He's disapproving. Yeah, disapproving and not liking what Mm. what he's doing and all of this, but... The father really just tries to give him, like, a push to say, Oh, don't you really want to do something, Miles? Don't you want to produce anything? Or... And, and you don't need to be an author. Just what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. So yeah, and it's this. And, and for just, him, that sounds like he's uh, like nagging or or being disappointed in him just being a weatherman. Yeah, and and I think that relationship just when between his his father trying to help and uh, David Spritz just trying to make his father proud, and they just never really get each other. What they're they're not communicating the same language sort of yeah that's like the entire fucking movie with every relationship yeah uh and it's it's uh, you know when you're when you're watching it you you kind of see like uh for for me it was a lot of it was a lot of like i i I recognized myself a lot in 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 uh, nicholas cage's character that he like doesn't really he yeah he doesn't really have that drive to do anything like he found this the this cushy job that pays well so he's not gonna try really I mean he tries a little bit to you know be weatherman on a bigger channel but that's about it um and the same thing with his his daughter who um it's also like it's not you know she's she's she seems depressed well she's also depressed obviously depressed she's being um. She's being bullied in school, even though she doesn't really know she's being bullied. <laughs> um, and, like, she's just not good at anything. Like, they've tried dancing, they've tried archery. Um, and it's, like, in a movie, you're thinking, like, oh, they just need to find her, like, hidden talent and she'll be happy. No, she's just an average person. Yeah. And they, like, slowly have to, like, just accept that in the movie and you as an audience member has to like uh yeah she's 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 just a, a regular person and she's, it's really like that shouldn't be depressing but it is yeah and then we have this like sort of pedophile storyline with the sun yeah which is the only thing like they should have either explored that more or just cut it out because it does, it's it's this halfway thing. And that's the only thing I didn't really like about the movie. Mm. It doesn't really go anywhere too much. I mean, I'm sort of glad it doesn't go too far, but but you know, it feels like it's being shortchanged a little bit. Yeah, I guess uh, it is sort of it's sort of used as a um, what's it called uh, the the trope uh, girlfriend in the fridge. I haven't heard of that one. Uh, wife in the fridge. It's it's from an old um, uh, old Green Lantern th- um, comic, where they where Green Lantern comes home from Green Lanterning or whatever, <laughs> and and her his wife is gone and he opens the fridge to get a beer and she's dead inside the fridge. Oh. And it's 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 all it's all just this uh, a catalyst to make him 
go out after the villain. I don't remember what the villain is. But it's it's the trope is you just kill off a, a random character or do something horrible to a bystander just uh. to to make the main character have agency. Um, okay. And that's sort of what they do here, where they take this very underdeveloped character in this very underdeveloped storyline and just do it very... Uh, yeah, a very disgusting or very extreme thing mm. just to give Nicolas Cage character a, a win, sort of. Yeah, 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 that, that explains it pretty well, yeah. Yeah, uh, which just sort of, it sort of feels weird that you feel, wait, why did you do this to this character just because this character needed something? Couldn't you come up with something less toxic or extreme? Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird because it kind of comes out of nowhere and it doesn't yeah. really go anywhere. Like he, yeah. yeah, he he beats the guy up, but we don't. And they also don't really like the whole thing. Sure, we should you know uh, believe victims, but we actually don't find out whether or not the guy made a pass at his son. Well, if, that's very I mean, it's heavy. It's implied, implied. Yeah, but you know. So yeah, for for people who haven't watched the movie and. Don't plan on watching the movie. Uh, so the the son, as stated, went to sort of a rehab thing for for yeah. smoking weed, and there he got this counselor, and then this counselor sort of uh, runs into him out of the rehab facility afterwards yeah, a few times. Yeah, at the mall. Yeah, at the mall, and and he sort of buys him things and borrows him money, and then some. Uh, we don't see how that how. It was led up to that, but at some point the son goes to dinner at this counselor's house. Yeah. Uh, and then the counselor sort of, they start to talk about photography, and then, oh, well, if you're going to, and and working out, and it's like, oh, you're going to work out? Well, you should take off your clothes, and I can take some yeah, pictures some, to get some, some before, before and after shots. Before and yeah. after shots. Uh, oh, and, it was so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> oh. Disgusting. And then afterwards, we hear, like, off-screen that this counselor tries to uh, sort of molest the son, and the son yeah. beat him up. Uh, smashes, smashes his car. Yeah, yeah, car smashes the car, that's all. And the counselor and the... says that, no, he was trying to steal my wallet. Yeah. So yeah, and, it is heavily implied. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, uh, and then we don't really get a we don't really get a resolution. Yeah, and, and I think that's sort of the only good thing that David Spritz does in this in this whole movie is he like completely takes his son's uh, side. Yeah, and it's like it, there's not even a doubt. He said, "Oh fuck that guy," and then sort of he goes goes to that guy's house and beat him up and says. Drop the charges, you pedophile, fuck off, sort of. Yeah. And that's the only good thing he does during the entire movie. Um, which sort of repairs some relationships a little bit, or is a step in the right direction at least. Yeah. Well he, he does he does he does more good. He, he he tries to be good. I mean he he brings his daughter along when he goes to New York to audition. Um and his his dad because he's going to a, a All right. cancer specialist. Because in the middle of the movie, we found out his dad has cancer, and he's like gonna die in like weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that's... to add to the mystery. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the 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 thing in New York is actually that's he, he does a good thing with the with the daughter yeah. there. That's true. Yeah, but um, but then then when the movie 
gets to its conclusion sure like he he beats up his, the, the pedophile he he sort of you know mends his relationship with his daughter you know they're they're kind of on better terms than they were in the beginning but nothing has really changed in the end he's still like he tries to talk to his wife or ex-wife or whatever it is but you know as soon as they talk for more than a couple of minutes it becomes like very clear why they didn't fit together and we do get that one uh uh, flashback which kind of explains further how their actual marriage was um and i mean he's still only gonna see his kids like on weekends and now that he's moving to new york it might even be uh even less than that uh and you know nothing is better in the end of this movie he gets the new jobs he gets more money but that's that's nothing in comparison to the rest of his misery. Yeah, and that's sort of it's. It feels like a sort of a, a anti feel good movie. Yeah, because it, like, it 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 uses all the tropes. It has this thing which is very common in in feel good movies or uh, these kind of com- comedic dramas where mm. he's just when I get this job, everything will be work out. Everything will be fine. Yeah. When I everything I need is to get this job, and then. The wife's gonna love me, and then they go, we can move to New York, and we can have a fresh start, and we can go start over beginning. But then it's just no, that's that's not how we, that's not how life works. There's not no, one yeah. simple solution. Yeah, he gets the job, he gets more money, he gets more freedom, but that doesn't make his wife love him. Uh, yeah, and it's just yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest one that they kind of find out they go to what like one couples counseling or couples therapy, whatever it is, the group mm. thing they do. And we just find out in the end of that that, which is also kind of one thing where I wish they kind of delved a little deeper into. She hates him, and, yeah. and for, like for most of their marriage, hated him. Yeah. Um. And yeah, man, I, I I can certainly understand that how you can grow to hate someone, but we don't find out really why in the movie. So it's just it's like I get why because the movie's already pretty long, so I see why they didn't want to add more stuff to that. But it, it also made me like question like what, so why did you get married in the first place you know I I know why but it was I wish they expanded on a little bit in the movie yeah um, yeah because that's also one of those things we usually get in this movie these resolutions where they at some time just stand on a balcony and then they talk about well you remember <laughs> we had some good times once yeah, yeah I remember seeing you in that place oh well it was nice. And then we have a good resolution of that. And this movie says, no, no resolutions. You get none no of that. Yeah, yeah. No explanation, no resolutions. Life, Everything life is... sucks. <laughs> no, life doesn't suck. Life is kind of meh all the time. Just <laughs> Which is fucking, even worse. Yeah, fucking deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. And he, yeah, you even have the, the he, he takes um, uh, the whole, his daughter want to try archery. Uh, but it turns out she just wanted to hunt animals, which is also like, uh, oh, okay. maybe we should talk about this too. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, then... not, it's not hunt animals, it's kill animals. Oh, right. <laughs> they, they hunt animals, but hunt animals? So, yeah, I want to kill them. So, oh, uh, oh, okay. We're, we're, we're not going to do that. And he doesn't <laughs> yeah. talk about it anymore. <laughs> Never mention it again. Yeah. Um,. But then he, of course, picks up archery, which is, you know, that's the metaphor for him picking up the pieces of his life mm. uh, and actually focusing on something and getting better at it. So in the end of the movie, that kind of becomes a, like a hobby of his. 
yeah. and he's really good at it in the end. But it doesn't like everything else in the movie doesn't lead anywhere. It's just okay. Now he's good at archery, and yep. so. Yep. <laughs> it's. Oh, uh. it's 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 so horrifically bleak, and it takes place in like January in Chicago, which doesn't help at all. Everything mm. is gray, and there's like the sloshy snow everywhere, and and or just you know to add insult to injury, he, they explain that every once in a while, maybe once a month, someone just throws food at him because yeah. they hate they hate him just because he's a guy on TV, which is you know that's very realistic as well. You just no. You just see someone on TV and say, I fucking hate that guy. Oh, why? I don't know. Just his face. I hate him. Yeah, I think that was the, one of the best scenes in the movie. Just yeah. That couple, the old couple. We just go, just cut to an old couple we've never seen and never will see again who just fucking hate that guy. And the wife says, well, I, I think he's, I think it looks nice. I fucking hate him. I hate him. <laughs> oh I hate God. his face. It's yeah. Just, and he, you know, he he mentions that maybe it's because you know they think I have a I have a cushy job, which you know is true. That's probably part of it. But then, and then you have the scene where he actually like he because he usually just takes it, like so what? He can just dry clean the clothes. It's it's a it's a price he has to pay to have the cushiest job in the world. But then there's this one scene when someone throws. I think it's a it's a drink. And he runs after the car and throws it back into the car. He's like, I have a wife. I have children. I don't deserve this. And he throws it back at him. And the guy who threw the drink at him calls him an asshole for throwing the drink back at him. So it's not even like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I, 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 now I understand why, why I was wrong for throwing this drink. No. Not that either. They just speed away, call him an asshole. Yeah. And he's kind of left in the middle of the street and like, maybe I am the asshole. <laughs> when he isn't. I mean, he kind of is, but he isn't. It's just like, oh. <laughs> it's so horrific. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and again, so it is, a, I mean, it is good filmmaking. It's, yeah. it's nothing special in like the... Music or or how the cinematography or something like that. Not uh, really. But, yeah, it's it's focused more on yeah, but the c- characters and performances. Yeah, and I think the performances are great all over. Yeah. Everyone is yeah. really good and very believable. And except, I just gotta say, okay. um, uh, oh shit, uh, what's the dad? Uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. It's a pretty bad American accent. Like, well, yeah, okay, fair, fair. I'm I'm American man, and I talk like this. I don't know, this is weird. But other than that, yeah, yeah he's great. But, I but do, his accent is terrible. I think I think he notices so much more because he has a, such an iconic voice. Yeah, he's think, very British otherwise. Yeah, yeah so I, I think he notices it. I don't think it's so much that it's bad. I mean, it is bad, but I think it's more that that's not how he speaks, and everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah, um, they, they should have just let him do and just said it. Oh, his mom was English or whatever. Yeah, but but it's it's a very minor thing. Other yeah. than that, great performances yeah. all over the place. Yeah, and it's very very like sort of anti chemistry if you put it like that. Yeah, uh, it's good chemistry but hostile. Yeah, uh, and especially from the from the wife, you really feel the the like the hate just emanate from her. Yeah, like how she just she just does not like him at yeah, all. Yeah, and just sort of spits out every word when he's, yeah. she speaks with him. Um, and not, But not in a way that makes you like see her as the antagonist. It's just like, no. 
it's this like you, you just you feel that for her he is the worst person in the world yeah it's it's i don't know how to explain because in, in other movies it can just feel like oh the wife's the wife's just a fucking bitch and we're supposed to hate her in this that's not the case it feels it's her hatred somehow feels earned even though it really isn't i don't know yeah um so yeah it's 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 very good in in all of those aspects uh yeah. but i i i just have such issue with these movies i i i don't i don't enjoy feeling i mean i i in, well, i enjoy but i i <laughs> i like movies which make me feel like bad and miserable yeah. and like like horror movies or real like gore, gory movies and things like that, I yeah. I like that. But with this this sort of absence of both bad and good, just this black hole of nothingness. Yes, yeah, that's it's, uh, I I have problem with that that feeling. I I wrote that down. That was the only thing. Like one of the reasons. Well, I guess people won't notice this unless they're patrons. Which you know, you can always subscribe to our patron page, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/DomeMagazine, to get these episodes early. But this one, they won't be getting early because I watched this on the Monday before we were going to record it. We were recording Tuesdays, um, and I just called you or texted you on Tuesdays. It's like I can't do the episode today, <laughs> and it was. I I mean, we talked about it briefly now before we started recording. It's uh, I think the movie like it brought me down in the dumps like hard. Yeah, I was just not in the mood to talk about anything, and it even you can even see that because I usually review, I write, I try to write something about the movies on Letterboxd, the movie, all the movies I watch, um, to explain my my feelings about the movie. But everything I wrote about this movie was just depression in the making. That's it. I didn't write anything else because I didn't want to. I was just so, I don't want to do anything. And then I just sat my couch after watching the movie. Because <laughs> that, that's kind of what it feels like. Like He's not depressed, but he's hes going to be if he doesn't get his yeah. stuff together, you know. Yeah, it, it's, it's not, like this, it's this the, the feeling, I, I don't know, I, I haven't been like clinically depressed mm-hmm. or anything, but you've been, you know, you felt really bad. Yeah, It's this, this, this feeling in the back of your mind, like, Something's wrong. I'm, I don't feel good. It's yeah. something's gonna happen, and that's this whole movie. Just like everything, just feels bad. Uh, th- this movie sort of it, it's uh, it's a Swedish song. There's it's a quote from it. It translates sort of to, "It's not that I'm sad. It's just that there's nothing to feel good about." Yes, yes, <laughs> that's, perfect. That's, way that's, to, yeah. that's what this movie is, and I, I, I would rather feel bad than this. <laughs> Sort yeah, because then at least you feel something, and you can get better from that. This is just, yeah, it's like being in limbo and purgatory. You just there's nothing, which yeah, yeah it's that's worse. <sighs> yeah, so I I I don't think I will ever see this movie <laughs> ever again. Because uh, yeah, no, I I don't enjoy it at all. But but yeah. you seem to enjoy it a little bit at least. Oh, I yeah, I still I thought it was a good movie, and I mean. I think the goal was to make people feel bad or feel <laughs> nothing, you know, feel yeah. hollow. So I think they succeeded, them being, you know, writer, director, whatever. Um, so I, I, I can't say I didn't like the movie. I, yeah, but I also probably won't watch it again, at least not in the in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so have you 
read any reviews or anything about the movie? Um, well, before that, do you want to talk a little bit about Nicolas Cage? Ah, well, his performance in particular? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I was thinking we were past that because everyone was great. But yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, and there's not really much more to say. Like, yeah. he, does, he doesn't stick out. But I think uh, we talked about that, like, how in some movies, or in most movies, you can't really see anyone else playing him or playing his character. Mm. Um, and it's, but in some movies we talk about, yeah, it could be someone else. My my go to is always um, honeymoon in Vegas. Could easily have been Tom Hanks. Yeah. Know? This one, like the character, doesn't feel specifically written for him, or that it needs his performance style. But I also, after having seen it, I can't see anyone else doing this movie. Like maybe this could have been. I don't know, Tom Cruise. Like, I can't see that at all. I think he perfectly captures um, that horrible feeling that the movie is projecting perfectly. Yeah, yeah. and in, in we talked about it before. He is great at reacting, and this is a yes. movie where David Spritz, he is a lot of reacting. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of people, like, yeah, talking to him, and he, he's just Taking it in, yeah, just this that uh, scene you talked about when he, he runs after the car and yeah. just afterwards, and you just it's just for a split second when he turns around in the middle of the street and you just see the yeah, as you said, all of these thoughts of am I the bad guy and the the non resolution to the problem and everything, uh, and that's just a split second of him just looking at the camera for a second, not saying yeah. anything. And he's he's very good in this movie with that that acting, so I I have problems seeing anyone else. And also, Nicolas Cage is very likable. I think that's just him yeah. generally. I think that's why he has gone so far in the movie industries, because he has that, that thing that just makes you, oh, I like that guy, without really knowing why. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that really David Spritz, who is a very very unlikable guy, <laughs> yeah, really, he needs that inherent likability for us to sort of root for him. Yeah, and I also think he he then perfectly captures the kind of fake persona he throws on to do when he does the weather. Like mm. he, they even explain that he changed his name. His real name is David Spritzer. But Dave Spritz sounds more eh, Spritz like you know a splash of water. It sounds more ah more fitting for for you know a TV weatherman. Um, so his whole his whole like work life is like he's, he's being this fake person, and I think Nicolas Cage captures that as well. Like he's he's just putting on a fake smile when he's when he's reading the weather stuff or showing you the weather. Um, which is also like it's it's subtle things which usually. His his style is not subtle. Um, well, there's been times, but for the most part, you remember the the big you know the big scenes, the rage cagey stuff. But I think in this movie, the the one of the it's one of those examples of him being very good at being subtle in his acting or performing. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's really good in this. Really good at not sticking out, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I I. I have problems seeing anyone else in this role. There's yeah. probably someone, but I don't know who who has that that likability, but also the 
the quality of being like an asshole, a likable yeah, asshole, yeah. sort of. Because I, I was thinking like, I, just because you said Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks has the same likability. Oh yeah. But I don't think he could do this, this sort of, no. this sort of quiet, reacting acting sort of. Yeah, I mean the the scene the scene where uh, uh, Hope Davis plays his 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 wife, when when they talk about. Um, uh, why, why she why she never liked to give him oral sex was because <laughs> I hated you. Yeah, like seeing trying to picture Hope Davis saying that to Tom Hanks, it's just <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't work. His big puppy ass would just be like, oh, oh, you 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 hate me, and er- and then everyone would just say, well, fuck that bitch. Then she would become the villain. Yeah, and but here she doesn't, which is the point of the movie. And I mean, who else except those two actors, like Nicolas Cage and. Uh, Tom Hanks has that sort of inherent likability, which without being a cool guy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I, I can't think of a single one. Like, yeah, because like imagine, I, imagine, um, oh fuck, Mark Wahlberg. Like, that wouldn't work at all. No. Or uh, you mentioned Tom Cruise. He would, he would try to be too animated. He would try to do what Nicolas Cage does in other movies. I don't think he would have. He would have uh, been able to do those subtle, the subtleties that this role needs. Yeah. So, no. I'm sure there's someone else, but like, there, yeah, the there's, big, there's always tri- someone else. But, yeah, uh, in the big AAA movie star land, Nicholas Cage is perfectly cast for this movie. Yeah, because yeah, we need a, a big, a big actor for this movie. Yeah. You can't have a name to put on the poster. Yeah, you can't no. have just a random guy because this movie. Again, it's so understated. It needs something to draw people in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you read the synopsis of the movie, nobody would watch this movie. If you only <laughs> read that. Because, I mean, what, what is it? It's like... Um, wait, I'm, I've read it before. It's... A Chicago weatherman separated from his wife and children debates whether professional and personal success are mutually exclusive. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds like the like most boring, boring thing ever. So um, then you then you need someone who can really work with the material. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's actually speaks for Gore Verbinski as a director as well. Mm-hmm. Um like you usually when you think of Gore Verbinski, you think of the Pirates movies. Yeah. Um, oh no no, you think of Rango, obviously. Uh, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. I I I have actually never seen Rango, but I've oh, heard yeah, a lot of good about it. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't. I should have cuz I've seen it. I, I don't remember it. It's fine, I think. Okay. <laughs> But he, uh, but I know Goverbinski has done like really Pirates of the Caribbean and I guess Lone Ranger, which he oh. was he was forced to do some years later. Um, that's not really like that's what people know him for. But before that, he did smaller movies. He did that Brad Pitt, uh, uh, Julia Roberts movie, I think the uh, Mexican, the Mexican. Yeah. and then uh, he did um, the Ring, the small movie nobody heard about. Yeah, well, mm. I mean. Have you watched The Ring lately? Well, not it's, lately. Yeah, I saw it like a couple of years ago. It's it, it feels less like a horror movie and more like like a detective mystery at this point. Because oh, yeah. you've seen scarier movies at this point, you know. I mean, that's that's the big success of The Ring <clears throat> that I remember is that it's not just a good horror movie; it's a good movie also. Yeah, yeah. Um, one that you know 
has similar a similar style to this because it's, yeah. it's very dark and like depressing that movie. I gotta um, say, just before we leave, go on, I do prefer the Amer- Gorbachev's version than the original. Yeah, I've actually never seen the original. I've only seen his version. So it is. It's sort of. It's sort of mostly shot for shot the same movie, except yeah. that they move around the scares. So some yeah, things okay. that's very scary in the American is not scary at all in the Japanese. Is it, is it Japanese? It's not Korean. Yeah, not. I'm pretty sure it's Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Japanese one. So there's there's a lot of they, they change around some things, but I think the American version works better. Okay. Yeah. Personally. So, well, uh, well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I just wanted to mention this, because, uh, so, and then, have you seen his, I think it's his last movie, A Cure for Wellness. Oh, yeah, he did that one. That was great. Yes. I, I really liked it. A lot of people yeah. did not like it at all. I saw it that. It was kind of one, either love or hate, and I loved it. Yeah, I saw that in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, me too. It, it was it was a great movie. I really liked yeah. that. And I think, once again, a very dark, very, like, not so much depressing, but, like, dark and horrible movie, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and I think looking at, at those movies... And we need I, to I guess, ask ourselves, how does he... F- how, how does Gore feel? Does he need to talk to someone? <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to wonder. Like, <laughs> um, because I think he has... Um, just looking at his non-pirate movies, and I guess the pirate movies as well, pirates movies, like he he has like a firm grasp on uh, what he wants to achieve, like visually with his movies, whether it be like a big you know uh, ship battle or you know a scene where Nicolas Cage runs up to a car and throws a soda at the guy driving. Uh, he knows what he wants and he knows how to how to how to capture the feeling he's going for like perfectly i'm i'm thinking of uh the scene where in this movie uh, the weatherman when um he goes to do the audition at hello america the morning show whatever it is he's going to do um and um he's going to do like a a quick like yeah they're going to try him just having to do some some quick like showing this on the the green screen or whatever and there's this shot where he kind of gets left alone for a couple of minutes while they go set up um, and he's like, he knows exactly what he's supposed to do because he's done it a hundred times before. But for just a second there, he feels kind of lost because it's much bigger than what he's used to. Mm. And the camera just goes really, it doesn't like pan out or anything, but it just, they cut to him in this uh, much, like he becomes very small in the picture. And it just, for a split second, captures his like, uh captured the mood of 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 him and in that split second where he just wasn't fully like secure Ready. in his position. yeah exactly yeah so and there are little little things like that that pop up so in, in throughout the movie so um i i want i want to commend Gore Verbinski for his directing as well yeah. um just b- before we before we wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> but to wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> right, reviews. Yeah. Um yeah. I uh I read some reviews. It's got a okay score. It's got like a 61 on Metacritic. Uh however you want to read that. Um let's see if we've got any like really bad ones. Let's see what Roger Ebert said if he said anything. <laughs> um uh, uh oh, oh, of course. Yes. 
he gave it a, a glowing review, 88 out of 100, whatever that means. This film has moments of uncommon observation and touching insight. Hey, this week I agree with Roger Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, oh, no, wait, the movie, can nothing really interesting here. Sort of like the movie. Like, mm. it's just, you know, but the, let's see what the worst one it got. I don't think it even got any bad reviews. Just got middling reviews. Good and middling. No, I got... Here we go. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's from the New York Post. And the... Let's see if we can read the full thing. I don't think so. No, of course not. But the little blurb just says, Meet American Beastly. I think it's a joke on American Beauty. Hmm. Perhaps the most bitter studio film of the year. Yeah. That I can no. agree with. No. But I don't know why that has to be a bad thing because they gave he gave it a horrible review, like two out of ten. Mm. Um, here's here's more of a middling review from Entertainment Weekly. The Weatherman is what indie misery looks like when recreated by one of Hollywood's big studios. Yeah, I would agree. But that's uh, yeah, that's about it. So yeah, on the user side, uh, there's a lot of people who says. This is a great movie. Um, just it's excellent social commentary and uh, yeah. an unexpected gem. Best movie of 2005 so far. Uh, <laughs> wholly pessimistic, yet somehow profound and engaging. Uh, but then there are, which I think those are my best reviews. These people who are like, this was the, the I was not having fun. Bad <laughs> movie. Movie made me feel bad, therefore bad movie. Yeah. So this, uh, so this is a one star review, uh, which starts off with, yeah, yeah, I get it, film snobs. This is high art. <laughs> it's a, it's an homage to melancholic French film noir with lots of drab snow and blue filter lenses. You don't understand shitty comedy, some of you may suggest. Oh, I understand it all right. Only the weatherman makes a dog's dinner of the particular genre. If that's indeed what they were going for, I'm not sure. If awards are given for such things, Nick Cage might get an award for maintaining the same long, monotone, hangdog facial expression in at least every scene for two hours of screen time. Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton perfected this bit. The sad, luckless clown, wandering through life, getting beat down, but winning our hearts because they pre- pre- persevere. Cage can't bring it on like Keaton. About halfway through this best, I was hoping he get hit with a brick, not a sandwich. Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, and, and then he keeps on going. But uh, and so that's that one. I I like that. It's a lot of those who's like, it's not fun. Boo! Um, and then there's there's a you don't see that a lot. It's a four out of ten review. Oh, a middling review. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think. Well, I I won't give it a four. I would give it higher than that. But I sort of I I sort of uh, agree with him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sorry to the thousands of people who voted this movie a really good movie. I didn't think so. I like Nicolas Cage just as much as the average guy, and I know this movie is not his usual type of role. But still, the movie is dark, shows problem at home, at work, and with the family. All real life situations with real life outload thinking. This movie does nothing but explain that life isn't easy and things don't always come out the way you, you thought they would be. I mean, come on, this is just regular life, as most people know it, except annoy, annoying dark music that's simply just emphasizing the fact that he is really down. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, but I uh, but I would say that I I agree with what you're saying, but I would say that as a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and I it it reminds me uh, of a um, a comment I got uh, on a review I made a couple of years ago for the movie Vivarium. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one with Jesse mm. Eisenberg? No, I did boots? not. Okay, because it's a similar movie where where the like the the story of the movie is basically like how how like suburban life it can it can, can like literally figuratively and literally be hell, like it's like being stuck in a, in a nightmare, like mm. you know. And I I I really liked that movie. I thought it was one of the better movies of about twenty twenty or whatever it was. Uh, but then I got a comment who who mentioned that uh, that it's 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 kind of um, I don't know how to explain it. like it's kind of bad to portray um, a perfectly like good life like you know a house uh, a wife a child you know you have a car you have a you have a job as something bad when there are so many people you know struggling to make ends meet and mm. h- here we have people like philosophizing about uh you know uh, uh upper middle class people and how how hard it can be to you know be in the mi- in in the middle situation and i can kind of s- I, I can see that but i also think it's not f- I, I think it's unfair to criticize a movie for doing that because like this movie really shows like uh, it doesn't matter if you have a good job and you have a family and everything you can still just feel horrible um and and just because someone has it worse than you doesn't mean you have to like the situation you are in um and i got a kind of similar feeling from that review you read like like mm. he should just suck it up he's got a good job whatever you know but that's not that's not what it's about yeah and i i mean that is that is sort of uh, uh regarding the comment you got yeah cuz that is sort of it is well to to talk about that uh <laughs> It is sort of it, it's two different symptoms to the same issue. I mean, yeah. people living in suburbs and being miserable, and people living on the streets being miserable, they're both miserable because they're caught in a capitalistic system that creates this misery of your life's worth is dependent on what you own and what you do for a job. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you if you want to go talk about that. You can. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm up to having that discussion at this moment, but uh, that's my answer to that guy, that specific guy, whoever that was. Yeah. Um, like I can, I can see, I can see his his his, his point of view, but it, I didn't quite agree with it. Like, because yeah. I've I've always hated those those kind of people saying like, oh, you can't be sad. There's 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 people who has it much worse yeah. than you. And it's like, yeah. That's how it is for ev- like Everyone. you can say that you can say that to the starving children in Africa because there are st- there are children who actually died from starvation. They have it much worse than you. Yeah. They died. <laughs> yeah. What are you crying for? You at least get to eat once a month. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always someone who has it worse than you. Yeah. So to like try and use that as a as a way to think. Well, I guess I have it kind of good then. Like no, that's not how it works. <laughs> no. And it's not it's not fair to. To uh, to criticize someone who's well off for being depressed, uh, it's it's not a good look. Um. Oh no, hmm? I, I had a, I had a, I had a perfect zinger to end it with, but I no. forgot. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what a what a zinger! 
Anyway. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not that. Not that. But I, I saw uh, a recent review on Letterboxd, which kind of, kind of, it's it's a quote from the movie, and it kind of, kind of encapsulates his state of mind uh, in the movie. It's I don't know if you remember. I think it's towards the around the scene where he throws a soda back into the car, mm-hmm. or after that, when he says, "I," he realizes that I am fast food. All right, yeah. Because people always throw fast food at him, you know, stuff you don't even want to finish eating. You just throw it at someone. Mm. I am fast. And he says that. I just read it like, Mm. oh, shit, that's right. He's disposable. Mm. He's kind of (laughs) garbage. So let's let's end on that down note. Great, Um, great. To capture the feeling of the film. And uh, let's grade it. How would you how on, on a scale of one to ten? Where would you put this? Um, so it's it's one of those problematic scores where I have to look inward and thinking objectively and subjectively because subjectively I want to give this like a six. Yeah. Because uh, I don't like the movie personally, <laughs> but objectively I want to give it like an eight maybe. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a seven. So I'm gonna give us. Yeah. I'm gonna stay seven. Uh, and right, right in between the objective and subject. That's yeah, perfect. I mean, yeah. if if I wouldn't, I wouldn't bash anyone for giving this an eight or nine. Yeah, um, and I and I can definitely see why people would give this a much lower score. I yeah. see. I get it. I yeah. get it. Um, I. Uh, I would give it an eight. I've already given it an eight on mm. Letterboxd because yeah, it just it just got to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's 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 close to like well, it's a, it's a really good movie, close to being a great fucking movie. Mm. Yeah, true. Uh, just not a subject matter like. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was the Weatherman. Uh, yeah. In 2005, uh, Nicolas Cage made two movies. It was Lord of War, which was last week, and this oh, yeah. one, The Weatherman. So now we're down to the last year for this season of the podcast, uh, yeah. which is 2006, where he made two movies, uh, World Trade Center and Wicker Man. So next yeah. week, we're going to watch Wicker Man. Which is, I, I would say, even though it's still in you know second season, season two, Mr. Superstar, mm-hmm. that was... The first sign of what's to come. Yeah, it was some, some, somewhere around there that he he became the joke. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. Because that was the first time you started seeing, like, on YouTube. When I made, yeah, on YouTube, and I guess maybe later, but you know, from that movie, where you started seeing compilations of Nicolas Cage is crazy. The how yeah. do you burn? How do you burn? Scene. Yeah, there was this. I think it's the video we we've talked about before. Uh, the 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 long analysis video about him. Yeah, where they talk about that that video, the Wickerman compilation video of Nicholas Cage going crazy. Yeah, that was that was the pin. That was the thing that created the meme Nicholas Cage. That specific yeah. video to this specific movie. Uh, and so um. Regarding Wicker Man, I've seen it several times. I think you have too. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, I am very excited because I know it's fun. It's really fun movie. It's not yeah. good anywhere. What I remember, at least. Yeah, it, um, it, it truly deserves its its reputation. Oh yeah. Well, at, at least what 
from what I remember. Uh, but, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Which most people don't know. Uh, I know you know that, but I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> Wicker Man is a, a remake of an older yes. movie with Christopher Lee, and I think that's the only car- actor you know from that movie. Yeah, I don't uh, recognize him. Uh, and the original is very, very good. I remember. Um, I've seen the original, yeah, because it's a, it's an old it's a it's a classic British horror movie. Yeah, it's one of uh, which those. which means it has to do with with cults. <laughs> yeah, and it's this. They like cults. This an, uh, one old policeman going to an island to investigate a murder. Yeah, and it's very uh, very British. <laughs> very British. I've seen it once, and I think I didn't quite grasp because it's also like it's. In certain circles, become or is a a, a cult classic, mm. like not because it's bad, but because it's actually good. Yeah, and it's sort um, of forgotten. Yes, exactly. And I, and I when I saw it, it was around the time I'd seen the first Wicker Man. I think you showed it to me. Yeah, I think we saw it together. Yeah, and I at that time didn't get why people loved the original so much. Mm. So I'm interested in rewatching both the movies. Yeah, so I'm 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 gonna try. I I won't promise anything, but I'm no. gonna try to watch both of them because I am interested to see and see them sort of back to back. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that would could be good to review. So I'm gonna try, uh, and we'll see if any of us do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I also uh, this might might be an off air discussion, but I oh. think they're like. A couple of different cuts of the the Nicolas Cage version. Oh, um, maybe. Well, because I know I the one version that I have bought was like heavily edited to like not show any any of the the little what little gore there is. Huh. Um. Well, I, I guess we'll we'll talk off air and just yeah decide which one uh, we will watch. So we we'll watch the same one. Yes. 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 Um, but well, yeah, yeah, we'll do we'll do it off air. So. For now, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you want to follow along in the next week's episode, yeah, check out The Wicker Man, either both or at least the Nicolas Cage version. And if you want to get these episodes um, in advance, along with some exclusive episodes from my other podcast and commentary tracks uh, and a bunch of other stuff, exclusive stuff, check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. For just three bucks a month, you'll get all the, all the perks. Um, but other than that, follow us on all, uh, all, all the platforms, wherever you're listening to this. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. But until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye, everyone. Madness in the Method is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It is hosted by Tobias Vedian and Christopher Billian. It is produced and directed by Tobias Vedian, after a concept by Christopher Billian. Executive producer is Annika Vedian and Laura Kinney. A big shout out to all our patrons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Laura Kinney, mom and dad. <laughs>